This is our final segment of our interview with Rudy De La Garza. Welcome to Let's Talk, hosted by David B. Plemons, CPA, Inc. Here, we will focus on the struggle, the juggle, and everyday hustle of small business. We will be here weekly talking to small business owners about their so everyday struggles. So we were talking struggles. about what we investors are looking for. We were talking so about feel free to email that, us at uh, admin at clemenscpa.com. We mergers. And above How all, do you get into helps. that? So we were talking about what investors are looking for. Talking about that. Reverse mergers. Okay. Reverse mergers. How do you get into that? All right. Yeah, I think that's probably the thing that any startup company should right. look at if they're getting ready to go to the public market. And the reason you go to the public market, right. number one, is capital. You can raise more capital in the public market than you can in the private market. Mm-hmm. And there's less problems involved. Mm. But that's full right. disclosure that you're going to have with the SEC. So uh, what a reverse merger is this. It's a company that has gone public okay. but is no longer operating. Okay, so it, it went through all the expense, all the problems, and for one one reason or another, it doesn't operate anymore. It still has a symbol. Okay, and as long as it has a symbol, right. it hasn't declared to the SEC that it's no longer an operating company, okay. but still following the documents as required on the, the 10K and the 8Ks, which are the quarterly and the annual okay. statements on that, it's a re- mm-hmm. possible to reverse into this company. Now, it's important to understand that this is a what we call a trade-in shell. It's a shell because it's empty, all right? But a trade-in shell. What's happened mm-hmm. in the past few years is that okay. uh, the SEC said, oh, you guys are doing a lot of reverse mergers all right. with these shells. So they have to declare if they're a shell or declare that they're still operating, okay? But this is so that, therefore you have a trade-in shell. If you reverse okay. into a shell that has declared it mm-hmm. is a shell, then you've done nothing but gone through the process of having to refile all the documents from the very beginning to be a publicly traded company. Okay, and you're trying to avoid that. What you're trying to do is okay. merge into a operating shell. All right. Okay, and that means it's a company that mm-hmm. has already issued. 20 million right. shares, and it has shareholders, and it has shares that are in the street. Our mm-hmm. shares, what you call is the float. Right. The float is what's selling or trading. It may be trading at a nickel. Mm-hmm. It may be trading at a penny. You can reverse your private company into this shell. It's going to cost you. you got to buy it. And you can buy, sometimes I've seen them buy 100% of this company. That means it bought all the stock. All the stock that was oh, in the wow. float. That's quick. And all the stock that's in the uh, re- treasury, if you will, issued a uh, stock and can't sell yet. Right. When it does that, it has to produce a financial audit within 30 right. days. Okay. Have to do that. So you know you're doing that in advance. You're getting it ready to make that reverse. It takes you right. on an average uh, maybe two to three months, depending upon the shell, because what you have to do is investigate right. the shell first. got to make sure that there's no outstanding liens or debts because that's what you're going to acquire. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've seen them that are really dirty and I've seen them that are so clean you can't believe it. All right. But I usually have an attorney look at them for me first and make sure everything is clean in that, in that shell. Then you reverse into it. Now, reversing into it means that I've given you stock and you've given me stock so that I can reverse. 
And when I reverse into it, my stock is 51% controlling interest, or in this case, 90%, 95% controlling interest. That's how you just reverse into it. It's a very simple process, okay? Once you're in it and you produce your audits, remember that shell already had a symbol, but it had nothing in it. And all of a sudden, overnight, it has a company that's worth a million bucks, right? What thinks? What do you think right. happened to that penny stock? It goes up now, dramatically. Yes. And if you bought the majority of that stock, that's where you're raising your capital. Okay. okay. Then you register stock to sell because you're a publicly traded company. Yeah, it's so easy to get, but your value is based on the amount of shares that you have issued and outstanding. That's what you call the market cap, by the way. If people don't realize that. That market is determined by how many shares you have issued and outstanding. So let's say you you issued an outstanding 100 million shares, and that's about average for most public companies. But only a million of it is trading. Right. If only a million is trading at a dollar, what is the value of the stock that's not trading? So what you have is the tail waving the dog. Right. So it's saying that everything down here is worth a dollar too. Okay. But that's not really the case. It's a stock that can trade is worth it. It dilutes it. And only that million right. shares can you buy. You can't build all the other ones, right? Ah. So it's based on the value. So more stock starts coming up. It either stays at that dollar or it'll start dropping because mm-hmm. the more stock that's for sale, it drops right. the shares, right? But that's basically okay. how it works. So now you have to wonder so, how do you, you position look at yourself? How many shares have been issued and are outstanding? How long should you be in in business? What are the thresholds for you to be able to reverse into a merger? It's interesting. I've seen them as much as six months. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, it's interesting. I've seen them as much as six months and reverse and have no problem. And I've seen them okay. with a couple of years, and they're a really strong company, and they could really make some money very quickly or raise a lot of capital very quickly. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't matter. Okay. That audited financial statement is the key. The SEC mm-hmm. says, I don't care who you are or what you are, but if you're going to go into this okay. thing, you got to give me an audit. you got to prove to me that you're a viable company. You have operations, you're making money. It's, there's a, okay. a, an entity there. Uh, so that not really a factor. Uh, but what you want to do, if I were gotcha. working in reverse merger firm, I want to make sure I got a strong Well, you know, you talk about well. preparation. Okay, I want and to make preparation sure that is basically when these knowing processes and all this work your happens, company, at the end of the day, knowing your performer, making sure that you're stock. on track yeah. to do what you need to, to do. You know, you estimated at the beginning of this whole process what you're gonna, where you're going to be in three years so that you can prepare yourself for that opportunity that may arise. And how do you seek out those opportunities? How do you find them? Is that where you would come in at as in the role that you would play? Is it where you would go to that investment banker and say, hey, you know any shells that are available? How do you find them? Yeah, it's funny, but being in the business, you get calls all the time. And, you know, you mm-hmm. did a shell last year. I got a well, new shell. Would you look at my shell, see what you think? 
And when I get a new shell that hits my desk, then I'll call whoever I've talked to in the past that are interested and see their interest in this particular type of shell, mm-hmm. things like that. But what I do more than anything else is companies will come to me and hire me to consult with them, to teach them these ideas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my stuff I learned in the street. I think I learned it in the hard way because I was stubborn and, and I paid a lot of people for a lot of advice. And finally, I said, my God, I better learn what the hell they're telling me and do it right. Then I started doing it right, start making more money that way. But I like to share those ideas. So I work more of as a consultant mm, with all these companies. Scary. And depends on what stage they're at. I'm a startup. I need to... Right. Uh, I had a guy just yesterday. I'm a startup. And then I said, well, what do you, you got your business plan? Correct. Said, What's that? Right. Now he's that startup. And I need money to develop this. What's your business plan? You know, if you can't put the effort into that, I don't want to talk to you. I can't do it. You're not ready to talk to me. But most companies I get are in business already, have been in business. Now, do you usually encounter people with products more so than services? More than more money to get me to the next level. More product. And And that's the challenge because product is manufactured, whether it's a car, whether it's a widget, whether it's a microphone, whatever. Product always requires some sort of manufacturing and that becomes a challenge. And then you talked about before you talked about patents, you talked about trademarks. What's the difference between the two? Well, patent is where you filed it with the state or the, <clears throat> the feds saying this mm-hmm. is my product. And, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people understand how a patent works. Let me let me explain that. Mm. You you can file a paper document with a patent, and it mm-hmm. takes one year, one okay. full year before the right. patent company comes back to you and asks you for comments. So you file it, okay. and it kind of locks up your idea. But they haven't investigated your idea. They just lock it up for one year. During the course of that year, you can make changes and modify <clears throat> to your patent. Now, my device has this, or I'm adding this to it. And then at the end of that year, they're going to come back and say, hey, there's three other guys that are just like you that already have patents. Why is yours okay. different? So you go into comments. Comments could go another four or five years. The first patent that you file could probably cost you no more than about. Right. Well, if you did it yourself, it cost you no more than three hundred bucks. Okay, I wouldn't recommend you doing it yourself, but you want to get as much oh, disclosure yeah. and lock in for okay. that patent. All right, so you probably pay a thousand, maybe two thousand max to to an attorney to file your patent for you, right? Where the fees come in is when you have to prove your mm-hmm. patent. It's after that first year, all right? And the fees are based on you saying why this is different than that. Because I guarantee you, some people ah, file that's patent where that very similar to what you're trying in. to file patent right now. Pending. And all right. the agency okay, because is you're now in the comments you different. Stage. Show me yeah. you're different. Comments and that's your comments. You're not patent yet. You're patent pending. Ah, that's where that phrase comes Yeah, that's right. Okay, because so, you're now in the comments. Okay. Yeah, the comments stage is where they eat you up alive. It's where it's going to cost you tens mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars. So in that in a year, January one, you submit it. Before you get the January deal. one, the next year uh, okay. is when you're going to actually get some sort product, of yeah, response. But in that but year, you happen. tweak fine tune, tweak fine tune. When the unlock date comes, January first, could that tweaking and fine tuning during that year? Be a part of your yes. comments to yes. distinguish you, maybe? 
from that other product? Oh, really? All right. Uh huh. Well, see, they they won't even look at it until that year. So when you did all that tweaking, then they're looking at your final version. All right. Okay. And then they're saying, okay, answer these questions. Why about okay. this? But you also have to do it at that time, decide whether it's a utility mm-hmm. pattern, which is only in the United States, or a PCT pattern, which means I want to do try to do this worldwide. See, that comes into complications because of what you said about manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Right. What if I manufacture this beautiful product in China, but I'm not patented in China? I'm only right. patented in the utility. I bought a product. I won't even say where, mm. where I got because it from, from the university. Right. And it was only patent in the States. I had to repatent the product to cover right. the worldwide because it was a product that had to be built in another country. Mm-hmm. Because of cost. See, and you know, you want to build it as cheap as you can to make right. as much profit as you can. And that's, that's what care. Wow. So at the end of the year, you have to decide. Really? Am I going to say the, sell this worldwide or so not? So utility pattern is primarily utility for the U.S. Pattern, no problem. You cover it here in Strictly. the States. So outside the, good, the 50 pattern, states only. Any Mexico of its, um, uh, yeah. like Puerto Rico, <laughs> Guam, so, anything like that, would that patent cover it yeah. in those areas as well, those yeah. territories? Okay. That's right. Gotcha. Well, the challenge obviously becomes if you want to manufacture it in India, Vietnam, you have to have a patent to utilize it or manufacture it over in those countries. So do you start that process here or do you have to start it in those countries? All right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you, you start it here. You can do a, util, a, a PCT yes. pattern here. But then you have to wow. peel, um, pick the countries that, not just for the manufacturing, because if you, it's part of your business plan. 17. Will this product be sold worldwide? Wow. Because that's where it's going to be manufactured, distributed, sold, or whatever. I'm working on a product right wow. now that. Uh, so now, how does patent file patent differ from trademark? 17 countries. 17 countries. Okay. Yeah. Distributed and sold. Right. Seven so now, how does patent? Okay. Trademark they is just saying I, I protect that's my you... name and this is my name. Exactly. Okay. That, that's that, that, that competition thing, the, getting the, the, that like edge. Patent. Okay. You're protecting the uh-huh. product. Nobody can copy your product, but they still do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just tweak it mm-hmm. a different way. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, that is interesting. So let's talk a little it's bit about like software. market cap yeah. because you alluded to Facebook's it earlier. But let's talk a little bit. Let's delve into that a little bit more. Thing. What is market yeah. cap? So let's talk a little bit about market cap. Let's talk a little bit. What is market cap? Yeah, and that's what I think most people don't understand when they see stock trading at a certain level. And really, the market right. cap is based on the stock that's trading. So that's what we call uh, the float. The float is a percentage of all the issued and outstanding stock. It's not all the stock. It's only those that are trading. So if they had a million shares that they have authorized and issued, and they registered only 100,000 shares, 
Mm-hmm. That's the float. Mm-hmm. That's why. So that float because is that trading float. on what it thinks the value right. of the whole company is. All right. Okay. In fact, you hear that uh, companies are trading mm-hmm. at 18 times their value. Okay. That's why. Because of that float. It's only so much, so many shares can be sold are out there. And they offer, mm-hmm. they have a bid and offer on that stock. If, if you're looking at buying stock, you go to many uh, sites and they'll tell you what the bid and offer is. And they'll tell you the bid is a buck. And I'll take it a buck for maybe gotcha. 5,000 shares. That's all I'll sell. And the ask is what I'm asking right. for that stock and maybe a buck and a quarter. Okay. And that tells you how many shares you can buy or sell at any one, one time. But that's from the float. That's not from the, all the other stock. So the market cap okay. tells you right. what the total value good. of the so stock is. So, Rudy, let's talk about your background. You have so portion. much knowledge. Yeah, you should look at You've been in the game, the in the street game for how long? Versus all the stock uh, issued. Mm-hmm. 50 years. And the experience that you've gained from those 50 years has been through various roles. Obviously, talk about those a little bit. Oh, a little over 50 years now. I'm an old man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh... Well, of course, my mm. my background is Marine Corps, uh, Vietnam. <laughs> when I got out uh, as an E-5 sergeant, I was making $500 a month. The first job I got, they paid me 1000 a month. I said, my God, nobody's shooting at me and they're paying me 1000 a month? That's fantastic, you know? So I start learning real quick that you can make more money in civilian life. And I, I land up running a company. And from that, I decided I needed to get into sales. I got into sales. And from sales, I got into management of a company mm-hmm. and started understanding management of a company. Mm-hmm. And it just clicked with me when I had other groups of people come to me and say, can I help? Can I do this? I started learning different processes and things like that. Uh, but I asked questions. And I think that's what helped me out is by asking a lot of questions. And mm-hmm. under- I needed to understand what is a corporation. And I'm not... I'm not an attorney or a, or a CPA. I just learned it the hard way. One time I had two attorneys working for me and three CPAs. And I would ask them, why are we doing this this way or this that way? And I think that's what entrepreneurs need to do. You know, just yeah. because you love the product you develop and it's that product. If you want to learn how to run that organization, talk to those professionals that you've hired around you and ask them to tell you why. Why do we do this? Why do we do that? That's going to help you get a business sense and be a better manager of your organization and control it okay. and be able to take it where you want to take it. So Without with that, this 50 years of knowledge, I'm sure you've seen people that, that the got myriad an idea of that's products come do. and myriad that's of products go do, and wondering like, why did that fail or how come that was successful? You, need to have you know, what could you structure. give someone who is look, embarking on this journey? What would be one key piece of advice that you could offer them? I would say that really, I would say that really research your product in depth. Just understand it. And once you understand it, understand the, the professionals that you have to hire and ask a lot of questions of why I need to do a certain thing. So why do I need a corporation versus a, a private mm-hmm. placement offering or a piece, uh, 
uh, or, or need a limited partnership or things like that, because that makes a big difference. But plan what your future will be for three years, not one year, two years, three years. And look at sections at those three years. Year one, I want to accomplish this part. And that year one is going to cost me X number of dollars to accomplish that. If I accomplish that, now year two, I want to accomplish this. I want to get the marketing done. I want to get the the cost of the manufacturer the right price because now I need to buy more products and I need X number of dollars for that. Year three, I'm at this point here. I'm sitting back and I need to hire better management. I need to hire a CPO, a CPA. I need to hire somebody to do these parts mm-hmm. for me, you know, and it's just taking one Correct. stage at a time. Not, not saying <clears throat> I'm going to be rich in a million dollars and I it's the greatest product in the world. Can't until you work it right and you have to work it right. It takes a lot of study and it takes a lot of research. Get outside of your box. Understand that because you're an inventor or an idea person, unless you get outside of that box and learn why you're doing And that's things. the hustle, you don't the have juggle, and the struggle of trying to, to make sure that you do you the right be research. Because you can research, you and it can be the wrong research. You know, there's so many sources. You can Google you anything, but how accurate is Googling what industry or product or service you're trying to offer? But that hustle is, okay, let me do my research. Let me be clear in where I want my product to go. The struggle becomes, how do I manage making the donuts and doing the research as well? And then the juggle is making sure that I'm able to stay healthy Healthy, focused on doing all of this. Yeah, it's it's so important. And while you're doing that, these professional people that you need, right. you need a CPA. At certain stages, right. you can't do it without a CPA. Get someone that you like working with, that you feel comfortable with. It's not going to tell you, well, this is the only way it has mm-hmm. to happen. That, that's garbage. This is the way it happens because of, mm-hmm. you know, attorneys. Uh, I have problems with attorneys a lot of times because they'll say things and mm-hmm. never back up what they've said. Mm-hmm. Show me the clause that says that Correct. this is true or not true. You, know? you got to remember that the decisions mm-hmm. you make reflect on you personally mm-hmm. and your company only, not on the person who gave you the advice. Feel comfortable with the person who gave you the advice, mm-hmm. and then you don't have to be a CPA. Right. I, whatever my CPA says, mm-hmm. I do. Your banker, because I've got the your comfort financial level planner, whomever. He knows my business. He knows what I'm trying to do. And I say, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. He does it. I don't have to research gotcha. him anymore. I'm going to segue level. a little bit and Same go back to talking uh, about your attorney. those directors. Get that comfort level. You talked about right. having people on your team yeah. that... Yeah, side if, with if you. If you don't have Should they have some level, level of expertise if they're on your board of directors? I like to choose board mm-hmm. of directors who have okay. expertise in the business that we're running. They're not necessarily in my business. They're only a board of directors. If I'm doing something that involves medical then I want a doctor on that, that works in that profession, okay? Uh, Someone I trust and understand and Mm -hmm. has the same belief on how to run that organization as I want it to run, okay? Financially, I always try to pick somebody who's really financially, uh, I like to get get David, any chance I can get him, because it's a financial expert that I can rely on that helps me with the books and what we're doing uh, with investments and stuff. 
in the company itself. So you get pe- other professional people as your directors who have the same goal or vision that you do Excellent. as a, of your Excellent. product. Well, Rudy, we thank you, know? you so you, much you for board, your wisdom and insight, uh, wealth of information. We also will be having a conference this upcoming May talking about Street Smart. And we're going to delve into this even more so in May, May 5th, 12th, and 19th down at Launch SA. Go to eventbrite.com forward slash street smart and you'll be able to register. The cost is minimal compared to the knowledge and the wealth of information that you're going to get. We look forward to having Rudy one-on-one with us. Okay. Well, thank you once again, Rudy, for joining us on the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business with David B. Plemons, CPA, Inc. This is an update for our Street Smart Entrepreneur Workshop. Street Smarts is for entrepreneurs, startups, and new ideas. If you are thinking about and are ready to start a new company, this is for you. Are you already in business and looking to raise capital? You will learn in this phenomenal webinar, Protecting Your Ownership, Choosing the Right Entity, Pro Forma, NDAs, and What Investors Are Looking For. Join Master Business Developer Rudy De La Gaza as he shares his expertise and experience in taking ideas and turning them into profitable businesses and corporations. Join us on May 4th, Wednesday, May 6th, and Friday, May 8th for an intense interactive webinar learning session that can catapult your business to the next level. We will no longer be at the Launch SA location at 600 Soledad. We will now be offering a webinar. Please register on Eventbrite today. For more information about any of our guests, or if you have questions and comments, please email us at admin at And don't forget to check out our website, PlemonsCPA.com, for upcoming events and workshops in San Antonio. David B. Plemons CPA Inc. is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. policy. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or their concepts or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the views of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. or any of its officials. You should always consult your own investment advisors, attorneys, and accountants before making any decisions concerning your financial matters. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our office. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.